0: to stop at one point during worship to write a few things down because I was struck by what we were singing I don't know if you all took in the words that we were singing but we prayed some dangerous prayers got the Holy Ghost corner right here we prayed some dangerous prayers We actually said, Spirit, we're ready for you to come in. Are we? We said we're transformed by this one thing, to know your presence. Spirit, come and blow on through. We're ready for you. That's dangerous, and it's beautiful, and it's what we're called to do, to trust God and believe his word, what he actually says to us in his word. So this morning, we're gonna talk about the mission of chapel and why chapel. And if you were here yesterday, you heard Dr. Curidan um, talk about his reasons, why chapel and his hopes. And I'm gonna start off reading a passage and I'm gonna read it, it's a familiar passage, but I'm gonna start reading it from a point a little bit earlier than we normally read. What can we bring to the Lord? What kind of offerings should we give him? Should we bow before God with offerings of yearly calves? Should we offer him thousands of rams and 10,000 rivers of olive oil? Should we sacrifice our firstborn children to pay for our sins? No, O people, the Lord has told you what is good, and this is what he requires of you, to do what is right, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. So sacrifice is not what God is asking for in the kinds of sacrifices of giving stuff. So we do give, but that's not the reason we give. We're not trying to buy off God. We're not required to make sacrifices like in the Old Testament. We're required to walk humbly with our God. And walking humbly with God means we have to know the God that we're to walk with. Scripture defines God with one word, love. 1 John 4, 8. But anyone who does not know love does not know God, for God is love. God showed how much he loved us by sending his one and only son into the world so that we might have eternal life through him. This is real love not that we loved God but that he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice to take away our sins so God has many characteristics but love is the foundation and the fuel for every other characteristic of God but we need to be clear on the kind of love that we're talking about we're talking about a sacrificial love of God and when we talk about horizontal love with one another we're talking about a love that takes others into account in his letter to the corinthians paul passionately declares if i could speak all the languages of earth and angels but didn't love others i would only be a noisy gong or clanging cymbal if i had the gift of prophecy and if i understood all of god's great secrets and possessed all knowledge. And if I had such faith that I could move mountains, but didn't love others, I would be nothing. If I gave everything I have to the poor and even sacrificed my body, I could boast about it. But if I didn't love others, I would have gained nothing. So let's be clear about the kind of love that we read about in scripture. It's tough and it's gritty. It's a sacrificial kind of love that Jesus showed us in his suffering and his death. Just before his arrest, Jesus said, and since I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you ought to wash each other's feet. I have given you an example to follow. Do as I have done to you. Few verses later, on that night, when he's about to give up, himself to be arrested. Jesus said, so now I am giving you a new commandment. Love each other. Just as I have loved you, you should love each other. Your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. I'm gonna read that part again. Your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. Just that simple. Our love for one another will prove to the world that we're the disciples of Christ. Simple and a lifelong journey. Simple in concept, hard in practice. And you may be thinking right now, what does all of this have to do with the mission of chapel? So the mission of chapel is encountering God together in community. Chapel is an opportunity to daily gather for a shared experience of worship and engagement with creative and diverse content that encourages, challenges, and invites a life of faith, hope, love, and service. Every chapel is planned with these values, that it be Christ-centered, that it be transformation focused and community oriented. Now, some of those are self-explanatory. Chapel is a community gathering, so we do that in community. We are focused on Christ. It's that transformation focused piece that can be sometimes a little bit more challenging because transformation can be elusive. Now, the songs that we sang this morning, again, talked about transformation. A transformation that happens when we encounter the love of God. But that love can be challenging. It's not an ooey-gooey, oh, it just makes me feel good kind of love. Sometimes Jesus gets in our face and he gets in our business. Because our business is his business. Amen? Amen? We surrender our lives. They are not our own. So our business is God's business. And sometimes we're gonna bump into each other in chapel. Sometimes there's gonna be content that you're not gonna like. Sometimes there's content I don't like, that I don't agree with. But the point is not for us to be comfortable. We are not promised a comfortable life in God. If comfort is what we're looking for, we are in the wrong, we're in the wrong community. We're in the wrong community of faith, comfort, is not promised. In fact, here's a promise of God. In this world, you will have tribulation, but take heart because I've overcome the world. But we will have tribulation. It is a promise. So we shouldn't be surprised. And some of what we're going to talk about in chapel are things that confront our comfort. It can be very easy to be closed off in this community. In the bubble but that 's not the world that you'll stay in you 're in this community for a time a, a, a limited amount of time, two, three, four years, some of you five, only because of you know blended learning i 'm not making any statements, some it's intended to be five, but A limited amount of time. So this is to be an incubator. This is not in some ways real life. This is where we get to do life together and practice. But the whole point is to go out. That's the whole point. Even if we stay here and we work, the point of my work is to prepare you to go out. Where you will be uncomfortable where no matter whether you dislike politics or dislike talking about current events, you're going to be confronted with them every day. So we might as well get used to talking about them now. So that as you go out, you know how to be salt and light. And I don't want to insult anybody because some of you are already out in the world being salt and light. And some of you are struggling through it. How do I do it? Every year I hear from alums who say, I didn't feel prepared. I wish I had engaged more with topics so that when I went out and I'm working in a corporate environment, people aren't asking the questions that I'm, I'm trying to answer. People aren't just waiting for us to come out and evangelize. We read it in that passage. People will know that God sent us and that we're God's disciples by the way we love. So in workplaces, which most of you are not going into church ministry, some of you are, your pulpit will be in your cubicle. Your pulpit will be in your classroom as a teacher or in a hospital or a clinic as a nurse. That is your pulpit. So how do you learn to talk about and be with other people and share your faith where sometimes you're actually gonna be prohibited from doing that overtly. So how do you show it through your life? Well, we can't get into all those details today, but that is the mission of chapel. So we talk at Northwestern about the integration of faith and learning. And there's different kinds of learning. In your academic classes, it's an intellectual learning primarily. In student life, we educate more through experience. It's an experiential learning. Both kinds of learning are important. But we take it a step further in student life and in chapel, the integration of faith, learning, and living. We will have failed you if you go out from these doors and you don't know how to live out your faith with intentionality and missionally. That is the goal. So chapel is not church. There's some elements of chapel that are gonna feel like church and we are the church gathered together, but this gathering is not church. We're interdenominational. We're not practicing sacraments. Just imagine a church body where a quarter to a third leave every year and another third come in. There'd be constant upheaval. So we're not a church. Some of you like a certain kind of chapel and you'll tell me chapel should be like this. And then a few minutes later, somebody will come along or later that day and say, Chapel should be like this, and it's the exact opposite. I'll hear from some of you, because I do, I want feedback. I want feedback, and you give me feedback. And sometimes I'll hear, Nina, that was the best chapel ever. Guaranteed, that same day, that was the worst. We should (laughs) never do that again. That should never happen in chapel. You're a complicated group. And on any given day, some of you are gonna be really happy. And on other days, some of you are gonna be disappointed. And that's life together in community. Because it's not all about us, any individual. It's not all about me. It's not all about any one of you as individuals. It's us together in community, learning and growing. One of the things I was struck with in in the song, I love that song, Break Every Chain. And it hit me this morning as I was singing it. I think of big chains often when I'm singing that song. I think of strongholds. But one of the chains that has to be broken is boredom, over-familiarity. I've been there, done that. And that can happen related to chapel. Ah, Chapel again. That's the way some of you feel. And I get it. Your lives are full. So much of what you will receive in chapel and you experience in chapel has to do with what you bring to chapel. It's what dictates how much you get out of life, out of any experience, is what you bring to it. Attitude matters. If I have an attitude about, of complacency about something, I'm not going to get much out of it. That's just the way it is. So recognize that. And on any given day, you may show up in chapel and you're not feeling it. Don't blame chapel. You're not not in it. You're not coming attentive. Could be the case. Or it could be that you disagree with something that's being said. So here's what I would recommend when you disagree. Because sometimes I disagree with something that's being said. Our very surface level question or response can be, I don't like it. I don't like what that person just said, or I don't agree with that person just said. So here's the invitation. Go a level deeper. If you stay with, I don't like it, okay, that may be true, but why? Ask yourself why. And keep going deeper. I don't like it because I don't have that viewpoint. Okay. Do people you know have that viewpoint? Do people you engage with have that viewpoint? Is that viewpoint something that I should be more open to at least looking at even to know how to discuss it? Keep going deeper. Don't settle with the I don't like it. I have to challenge myself on that because it's really easy in the world that we live in now to have a quick like or dislike. We're faced with it all day. You're on social media. Like, dislike, love. (laughs) Those are our choices, right? Constantly, we're confronted with, do I like it? Dislike it? Do I love it? What's my response? Am I mad? Am I sad? So we've learned to be very surface level. Go deeper. Challenge yourself to go deeper. So that we don't just dismiss. Because if I stay with, I don't like it. Or I disagree with that. If I stay with that, I will not grow. So when we talk about transformation, we are always being formed. We're either being transformed more and more into the image of Christ or we're deforming away from the image of God. There is no standing still. So be aware of that. And again, some days you're going to your minds are going to be occupied I would recommend pray through it. If you feel that, wow, I I need to study. I have an assignment due and I didn't finish it. There is no shame in getting up and walking out of chapel. If you need to do that, you should do that. There is no shame in that. To say, I am so distracted right now that I potentially, because I have my laptop open, am being a distraction to somebody else. So it's okay to leave, it really is. That's why you have built-in chapel skips. You don't have to be here every day, but just be aware that not only the attitude that you bring impacts you, in community impacts the people around us. So the mission of chapel is spiritual formation. And we'll talk a little bit more about the area that I oversee, which is spiritual formation and leadership. We'll talk about that in a few minutes, but much more tomorrow. Paul wrote, so all of us who have had that veil removed can see and reflect the glory of God. And the Lord, who is the spirit, makes us more and more like him as we are changed into his glorious image. And to the Ephesian church, he wrote, Imitate God, therefore, in everything you do, because you are his dear children. Live a life filled with love, following the example of Christ. He loved us and offered himself a sacrifice for us, a pleasing aroma to God. So in student life, this is how we define spiritual formation. Spiritual formation is the process of responding to the love of God and humbly, there's that word again, humbly participating with the Holy Spirit. As we're being transformed more and more into the image of Christ, spiritual formation reveals God's glory. It enriches our lives and empowers us to express love within the world. And so chapel's mission, is spiritual transformation. And we talk about it a lot. And that is the only reason that I'm here. I have no other agenda. I'm old, I've had a lot of different jobs and careers. You're supposed to laugh when I said I'm old. <laughs> you were supposed to disagree. No, Nina, you're not old. I am old, I've had a lot of careers. I chose this role. I accepted this role, I should say, intentionally. I didn't choose it. I turned it down the first time because I love the position that I was in here at Northwestern. I've been here going into my 18th year. But this role where I get to be with you, it's not an easy role. And I don't say that for you to go, oh, it's not an easy role because it's founded in love. I. They're easier jobs, jobs where I can make more money. I'm here because I love you and because I care about you, because I care about your lives now and moving forward. I care about your generation being prepared to go into a world that is really complicated and desperately needs you. A world that doesn't know that it needs you, but it does. A world that needs Real followers of Christ people who will lay down their lives who will pray and sing the dangerous prayers that you prayed and sang when it's not easy when everything in you wants to take the easier path that's why I'm here because I want to be in this unique part of your story this journey before you launch. I wanna be part of that. The team that I get to work with every day and I'm gonna ask them to come up, they wanna be part of that journey. Most of this team that's about to come up on this stage, they work part-time. Some of them have other jobs that they arrange around this one. And trust me, they're not getting paid a lot. And why do they do it? for the same reasons, because they love you. And part of you, you may be going, how do you, you don't even know us. We know some of you, but we can all relate to this time of life, this journey that you're in. Some of us, sooner than later, I'm a little bit more distant, but. A couple of people up here, recent grads. But we're here because we care. And so we want your feedback. I'm going to introduce them really quickly and then tomorrow please come back because we're going to have a conversation about what we do specifically and other aspects of spiritual formation. So this summer I spent part of my time restructuring the area of spiritual formation and it's now spiritual formation and leadership. And again we'll go into more of that tomorrow part of it is because i now oversee the leadership development program but it's also to look at what 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 is a fuller view of spiritual formation so our leadership will be disordered if we're not being spiritually formed more and more to the image of christ we may develop some leadership techniques but if our leadership is not founded and Based in us being more and more like Christ, it's going to at some point be disordered leadership. I'm going to introduce first. Oops. So Dr. David Fenrick is now part of the team (laughs) that I get to lead. And the reason is because cultural development is integral to spiritual formation. And so that is now part of the spiritual formation group. He'll be here tomorrow talking more about that. Jenna Thompson is the assistant director for spiritual formation and leadership, and she is on maternity leave. So she'll join us in January. And then the newest person on the team is Justin Jepson. And Justin is a triple threat, a triple grad of Northwestern. He graduated with a bachelor's degree in ministries. (laughs) I was gonna say, you you know I didn't get it right when he's going, yeah, yeah, just keep going. Um, And then he got a a master's in theological studies and then a master's of divinity. And Keith Anderson, who you know and love, Worship Arts Collective. (laughs) Oh, I didn't say Justin's title is um, Chapel and Spiritual Formation Associate. So you'll see Justin a lot in Daily Chapel. And Christina Rodriguez, a recent grad, is the office coordinator. And Sarah Larson is the partner in crime with Keith Anderson with Worship Arts Collective. And so again, come to chapel tomorrow. You'll hear more about what we do and some of our hopes and dreams for you. In a minute, I wanna pray a prayer, and it's our prayer for you, and it's a prayer out of scripture. But before that, I wanna invite you to a gathering tomorrow evening. Some of you may have heard that yesterday, there was a, a, uh, a decision made that is gonna affect a lot of people in our country, and you may or may not agree with that decision um, around um, DACA, uh, deferred action, for children um, and it's a work permit. So here's what I want you to know. You may be going, I, I'm not political or I have my feelings about immigration. That's not what this gathering is about. It's not about political views. It's not about feelings about um, people that are enrolled in DACA, whether they should be here in this country or not. It's about the fact that we have in this community right now with students and employees are affected directly. And so we weep with those who weep. We mourn with those who mourn, regardless of where we stand politically. If we can only love those who we agree with, we're in trouble. So the invitation is to come together tomorrow evening and more details will come out in the exact room, but it's going to be at 630 where we're going to come together and pray and be together as a community and now if you all would come forward here's our prayer for you so receive this prayer that paul prayed to the ephesian church i pray that from his glorious and unlimited resources he will empower you with inner strength through his spirit then christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him your roots will grow down into god's love and keep you strong to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. And Lord, in your name we pray that prayer. Amen.